All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Laura Canfield Show, the Awakening Happiness Now Global Series. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Uh, today, we have a special guest, brand new to our show, um, and Raphael Van Borkum. And we're going to be talking about spirit visitations, dealing with energies, spirit guides, and so much more. We will be taking live caller questions, asking, you know, looking at all sorts of things with regards to spirit um, and presences in your home. So we'll talk about all of that and so much more, especially about how to deal with them, how to use your intuition, you know, to figure out what's going on and, and what is happening. So this is going to be an empowering call for you to learn for yourself how to do stuff on your own in your space and um, your energy field and your space. So for those of you who don't know Raphael, because it's her first time on our show, she helps intuitives to stop living in overwhelm and burnout and take control of their energy. She is passionate about empowering empaths to have a healthy relationship with themselves, the people they care about and the universe. She is an awakening coach, best-selling author, intuitive and qualified counselor. So we are going to go right into it because there's so much to talk about this topic and I'm so excited. So Raphael, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this is very exciting. <laughs> so because it's your first time being here, can you just share a little bit about your story, how you got to be an awakening coach, uh, an empath, an intuitive, your healing journey? Sure. So um my story is a little bit different to a lot of people's um i was a very classic um you know corporate uh young woman i was working um in a big city in wellington and wasn't interested in spirituality at all intuition didn't believe in any of this stuff i was borderline atheist at the time and then i went traveling and i got drugged in a nightclub in scotland back in 2016 and on that night whatever the drug concoction was that i had just opened everything up um, that evening and i basically was seeing all of these visions and these lights and you know seeing auras and all of this sort of thing and i was like oh well it's the drugs like you know luckily my friends looked after me and managed to get me home and everything and then i woke up the next day and none of it had gone it was still all there <laughs> and i was like oh my gosh and i went to the supermarket later that afternoon to get some food because i was feeling terrible after being drugged and i saw a spirit in the bread aisle and i just about had a panic attack i yeah i i had a complete meltdown and was convinced oh no 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 but it's just it's just the um it's just the drugs wearing off it's just the drugs but over the next couple of months i had a lot of situations like that happen i had a lot of spirits coming to visit me i had a lot of visions and i had no idea how to deal with any of that because i honestly thought i'd gone crazy like i thought i'd experience was experiencing psychosis i didn't have any tools or any way of navigating it and so then over the next couple of years, I did a lot of work around uh, understanding spirituality, understanding intuition, gathering a whole lot of tools to, to deal with the, the abilities that I basically had come in instantaneously um, and had to work my way backwards. So I did like the Benjamin Button version of life <laughs> with intuition. 
and um, and essentially came out the other side with a whole lot of really amazing practices and tools for deep intuitive uh, development, but from a really grounded place. And so I then started to do a bit of support work for other people and more and more people started coming my way. And then it became my full-time job uh, almost two years ago. Um, and I got a uh, became a qualified counselor to support a lot of that trauma and healing work along the way. So it kind of just evolved from that very first day being drugged. <laughs> I mean, we don't want to be drugged. That's not how we want our gifts and abilities to open up for sure. But, you know, it can happen that way, right? Mm. And I think for me, it was it was important, an important part of my soul contract because I wasn't, I was ignoring the other signs of like starting to step into my intuition and the universe was like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. We need you to be waking up. And now a few years later, I'm realizing why, you know, with everything that's happening in the world right now. And so there was a need for an accelerated version of the intuitive path. So I do help some people who have this experience that it can happen with plant medicine and it can happen with some drugs and near-death experiences and things like that. But a lot of people I work with, I do it, I do work around empowering their journey so they get to choose the journey rather than what I had happen and just have it all happen to them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's the thing, you know, like for a lot of us, you know, it can be a choice and it's gradual. And for some of us, it's, you know, we get knocked on the head with a two by four and it's like the universe is saying wake up you came here to do something let's get cracking right yeah, yeah totally totally and everything in between and the thing that I love is that what I've realized now having worked with so many people who are choosing the path you get to choose it and you get to choose how fast you move on it and a lot of the time, if we've got our foot on the gas pedal and we're going 100 miles an hour, so for people listening, if you're like going through that awakening and it's really crazy and it's really turbulent and there's so many things going on, like you do actually get a choice to take a moment and breathe most mm -hmm. of the time. And so a big part of the teachings that I do is around helping people to be able to take that step back and go, okay, what's my path now? And yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing too. It's like, that's one of the things I was taught all, you know, a long time ago too, is like when it gets really intense, because sometimes, and if we can get a moment where we can pause and take a breath, we can ask that whatever it be, is happening, be gentle, right? Be gentle. But sometimes when we're in the drama of it, we forget to ask. We're like, just going berserk and it's like, oh my God, I don't know what's happening, you know? And I, cause I totally, I totally relate to that, you know, where I was going through some stuff as well. And I, I thought I was going crazy. I thought I was gonna physically die, you know, to the point where my mother was coming to take care of my kids. And I'm like, I can't do this. I can't take care of my kids. I can't take care of myself. It's like, what the heck is happening here? And then right after that, it all shifted, you know? So it was like, okay, okay, thank you. <laughs> but in those moments, I don't think I said, please be gentle, because I didn't know what was going on, right? It's like, what is happening here? It was uh, not something I knew about, not something I could speak to anybody about, you know? So I, I went to the doctor, make sure everything was physically fine and everything was physically fine. So it's like, okay, <laughs> now what, right? So, but since then I've learned that when it, when it gets intense and so you're receiving so many downloads or so much information or just, you know, all sorts of experiences, if it's too much, you can ask that it be gentle. It doesn't mean it's going to stop. It doesn't mean you're going to miss out. It just means it's going to come in in a more balanced and gentle way that you can handle it. 
and integrate yeah. it with more ease. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I totally resonate with those ebbs and flows. Like I talk about seasons of intuition and, and naturally in order to be sustainable as is with everything in life, there's meant to be seasons. And so we have those times where we have the summer of intuition where everything's coming at us and we've got lots going on and, you know, there's so much downloads and there's so many messages and maybe we've got lots of spirits visiting and then we have the autumn and then we go into a winter period. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'm working with people and they're like, but everything stopped. And I'm like, yeah. yes, this is your rest time. Like this is the time to rest, rejuvenate, have your human experience because that makes sustainable intuition. That makes a sustainable awakening going forward. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's like, you know, we're integrating all everything that we're, we're receiving, processing, integrating at the same time sometimes our body and our spirit, they're at different speeds, right? And so the body needs to catch up, right? So it's like the body's catching up to what's going on with you, you know, at the, at the higher level. So it's like, it's okay. <laughs> Trust me, I was going through this last year for a little bit. And I'm like, and I was talking to someone's like, I'm not feeling anything. No one's talking to me. My guides are not, I don't know what's going on. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, calm down. <laughs> you know, it's like, calm down. It's like, it's okay, right? And um it's just a phase, you know, like you said, like it's a season that we go through. So trust that, you know, everything is still happening and, it, and everything is happening at the perfect time in the perfect way for you, right? So trust and just be an allowance of that. But sometimes, you know, because we are talking about um, spirits and visitation, dealing with energies and some of the energies may not be um, nice ones, <laughs> you know, ones that we want to work with or that are pleasant. Um, I know in, in the past, I've had at least two uh, entity attachments that were really bad. So I was like, suicidal, like I was at the point of, you know, I'm going, something's going to happen kind of thing, right. And so um, now when I start to get a sense of that, again, it's like, oh, there's an entity, all right, I need to get some work done and get it cleared. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about entities in that way, but also, we're going to talk about our space, our physical space, our home, our business, our energy field, and how we can make sure that that is vibrating at the highest level possible. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think before I talk about the darker entities, I do want to clear something up for people who do have a lot of fear around seeing spirits, have fear around feeling them around them, and say that in my experience in my work, 99% of spirits are not actually there to try to harm you. Their intent is not to harm you. They may appear scary or you may become freaked out and anxious because, you know, there's a spirit there and, and of societal expectations around spirits, the underlying subconscious beliefs that a lot of us have around um, what spirits are and what they mean, mostly because of horror movies in the film mm -hmm. industry. So like, thanks a lot, mate. Um, but a lot of the time, as is the case with humans, right? 99% of humans are not actually out there to try and hurt people. They're not serial killers. They're not like, you know, trying to like, you know, get something from you and attack you and like purposely harm you. Most of the time, spirits are coming to you because they want help. So they're still wanting something from you, as is human nature, right? We are naturally people who want or like we want to give or we want to receive, we want to interact. 
but it can be a scary experience. So what I always say to people is start by really unpacking a situation, particularly historic situations. Mm. Was it scary and was it an intense situation because you were scared and because you didn't know what was going on and you didn't know how to stand in your power? Or was it actually something that was genuinely trying to hurt you? Because a lot of the time what I find with clients is that when they're getting regular spirit visitations, most of them aren't trying to actually hurt them. They're just desperately trying to get help. What can happen though, is if you don't know how to stand in your power with that, you can end up being used by a spirit in the same way that if you're, you know, let's say you're a tourist traveling around and, you know, you get like people take advantage of you for like not knowing the currency or not knowing language or whatever it might be, right? Like you get taken advantage of. But there's a difference between those spirits' energy and their intent and spirits that are actually there to like suck the life out of you and attach onto you and be really, really, really dark entities. So that's a really important thing to remind yourselves is that 99% of the time a spirit visiting or 99% of spirits and energy out there are not actually out there to like try and take over your body or try and like hurt your family or anything like that. Um, the reason it can sometimes be quite scary is that often if you see, right, like if you have a clairvoyant ability and you're seeing either through your third eye or you're seeing um, in dream state or you're seeing in physical reality a spirit, it can feel very scary because often spirits present themselves to you how they died. That can be because they're stuck in that moment of death. It can be because they want your attention and they're trying to like get you to notice them. But a, a lot of the time I find spirits have forgotten their manners. They've actually forgotten how to be human, especially if they've been dead for a while, right? Like if, if you imagine yourself, like when you pass over, um, you know, if you, when you leave your body this next time and you, if you don't end up passing over and you stay here on earth, that over time you become accustomed to the, being a spirit and not being in a body anymore and so often I find that spirits completely forget how to interact in a human way and it just takes you going hey and calling them out for them to be like oh oh, oh. and so like I've had many times where I've like woken up and seen this like scary looking spirit standing at the end of my bed or I like I remember very clearly going into a restaurant and going into the bathroom and seeing this figure like hanging like a spirit hang like who'd hung themselves mm -hmm. and I remember going <gasps> and I could have taken that situation as they're trying to attack me but because of the training that I'd had and the experience of helping with spirits passing over now I will be like whoa why are you doing that like why do I need to see that and almost instantaneously I would say probably 60% of the time the spirits are like, oh, 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 sorry, sorry. And mm -hmm. they'll even transmute themselves or like move into a different state to make themselves more uh, human or to make themselves more approachable in that conversation. Because if they're there wanting help from you, ultimately they're going to do what they need to to get help. And once you address them, the conversation can switch quite a lot. So... Um, what I always encourage people to do is if you have interactions with spirits, if you are somebody who sees or feels them around regularly, just be like, yo, hey, like, 
why are you doing this? Like, why do you need to be like that? Why, like, why can't you just be normal? Um, and stand your power in it. Like, you don't have to use that language specifically. And I know for some of you, you might be like, whoa, that just sounds too easy. But it can actually be that easy because ultimately these spirits were, most of them were humans once. So I wanted to share that initially because I think that covers quite a big chunk of, of spirit interactions mm -hmm. that people can have. Spirit attachments though. So spirit attachments in my experience can happen for a, a few different reasons. So it can be a human spirit, like they used to be a human and they haven't passed over yet. And so they're still in the spirit form. They can be attaching to you either by very active choice or sort of not necessarily fully intentionally, like they're not necessarily there, just there to like, oh, I'm going to attach this person and suck the life out of them. Mm -hmm. But they're so desperate and so low on energy. And as humans, like as spirits in a body, we have the power, we have the energy. Our bodies create the sustainable resource for our spirit to be able to remain energetic. So we put food into our bodies, we rest our bodies, and that houses our spirit. Spirits are like, it's like they're homeless. They don't mm -hmm. have that space to rejuvenate, to replenish, to be sustainable. And so some spirits find that they need or feel the need to uh, go, in, go and attach themselves to humans to kind of take that energy from us like a virus you know yeah. which is is how we find it in nature all the time so being aware of the changes in your energy field even if you can't see or you can't specifically feel an energy around I would encourage you to build your intuition to be able to at least feel spirits and be able to sense them around even if you don't want to see them you don't have to like develop your intuition to be able to see them but be able to sense them so that like you were saying, you can go in and you can get them cleared off you or you can clear them off yourself. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's as simple as recognizing they're there and putting about an energetic boundary in, pushing them out of your space and getting your guides to be there and protect you. Sometimes that's all it takes. And I've had a lot of situations where I've helped people to clear off an entity or clear off an attachment entirely themselves because the attachment is quite new or it's not, you know, something that's really heavy and demonic and really, really dark. Mm -hmm. What's really important as well is that if you've had several attachments, if you are somebody who is susceptible to attachments, it's like your spiritual immune system is weaker. So what I always do with people is I go, how do we improve that immune system? How do you build that strength so that you aren't having these attachments happen as frequently or at all anymore. I've had like five or six attachments in my life and I've had none in the last three years because of this work, being able to like keep my energy really clear. So mm -hmm. if you're somebody who's listening to this and you're like, I've, I've had a few attachments, grab a pen and write down some things. I would encourage you to uh, really look at your aura look at your aura, clear it, get a sense of if there's any holes in it. Often, if you're getting really regular attachments or you're getting really regular, intense 
spirit energies, you've got some little holes in your aura or you've got a plug in your aura. Um, these can happen from really significant trauma. These can be passed on from past lives. I've dealt with one lady who had had a plug put in as part of a curse from when she was a child and she'd been abused as a child and somebody else had put this plug in to be able to tap in and out energetically. Mm -hmm. So auric clearing, auric strengthening is really, really, really important. Then setting energetic boundaries. So I do a lot of work around energetic and physical boundaries with people. And so having that boundary bubble up, doing it regularly, I encourage you if you do do bound bubble uh, energetic boundaries to do it daily for a little while and just see how you feel, see how it impacts your life um, by doing a bubble um, every single day. Grounding techniques are really important as well. So reducing energy that isn't serving you in your aura, in your body and sending it down. And also I would encourage people to be connecting to their earth chakra. So the chakra that sits under the earth, your 10th chakra that you can receive in messages from, but it also gives you a deep sense of grounding. So whenever you're going up, you should be growing down as much. Because in nature, that's how it works. A tree grows up as high as the root structure grows down. And as humans, as, as spirits, we should be growing up and down as much as, um, as, as equal to the other. And when we're going up too high and we're always in our intuition and we're always in our top chakras and we're always in our acacias, if we aren't grounding and we aren't even connected to our root chakra, let alone our earth chakra, that's where the problems happen because then we're less connected to our body and we're more likely to have things kind of come into our space and try to take advantage. So it's about keeping yourself protected and, uh, and keeping yourself in a space where you, you, you are in, more in control of your energy um, for the vast majority of attachments, that can really be a good preventative me measure. If you've got a really dark attachment on you um, and you can't get rid of it, but you know it's there, then of course, seeking help from a professional. Um, I highly recommend going to somebody who you feel a full body yes to Somebody who you, when you, when you see them, when you hear about them, it's immediately like, yes, this is the person. I encourage people to be cautious of just going to the first person that comes their way, but going, I'm going to choose somebody wisely because not all, not all healers out there operate the same and not all of them have, you know, a, a proven track record for kind of removing attachments. And I say that because I've had a few instances of my own and, and clients who've, who've had attempted attachment removals and had things come in and take over their body and various things like that. So you want to be really careful about who you're going to see. I totally agree. I just have to say really quickly about that, you know, yeah. I, 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 I'm trained in that myself, right? But I, it's not my thing. I don't like to do it. So I have somebody that my, my teacher, who's amazing, Who's, ama who's amazing, you know, and, and he's saved my life a couple of times now, right? So that's why I recommend somebody else. That, that is one thing that I, you know, don't like to do, right? So it's like, it's not my forte. I am trained in it. I can do it if push comes to shove, but it's not my thing, right? So it's, it's really good to know, even if you are a healer yourself, what your strengths are and what you just do not want to do, what, do not want to work with, right? And so- yeah. 
you know, recommend other people who you have worked with yourself regarding this, because this is, this is heavy duty stuff, right? And it's important. And, you know, trust me, I know how important it is. That's why I was like, yeah, I go to Pete. He's, he's my guy. Um, and yes, I can do it myself, but, you know, I'd rather go to somebody else. And so I recommend people go to whoever you feel really strongly with. Don't just go to just anybody, like you said. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and absolutely, if there's anyone out there who is doing healing work, you know, you'll have people come to you and you'll feel a real call to help them because you are naturally a supporter. You're naturally, like your sole contract is to be here to help people. But if it's something that you don't feel that you can fully do, also be cautious about it because not all energies are of the same strength and not all of them are um, as easy to remove as others. And, the, you know, people have limits on their, their own intuitive ability. And like, I'll, I'll say like, for example, for myself, I removed a an attachment from somebody um, a little while back. And then actually that attachment came on to me mm -hmm. and I ended up real, like with this really, really bad shoulder pain that I was going to the physio for, I was having acupuncture for, um, that I thought was related to like tension and stress. And it was going right up my neck and it was coming right down my shoulder. And I had it for a few months. And then I was like, okay, this is, this is, um, energetic. This is not a physical, like this is a physical tension, but it's coming in because of an energetic thing. Yeah. And I ended up calling in one of my uh, really amazing friends who travels all over New Zealand. And he just showed up at my house one day because I was energetically calling out to him, like, come see me, come see me, come see me. And he had to help me remove this. Like we, mm -hmm. we did it together and it took two of us to actually remove it. So there's sometimes situations where like owning your abilities and acknowledging them and being like, I can't help you or I can help you, but I need some help from another as well to do this that is so powerful, not just for the other person, but for you, because it keeps you as the healer protected and it keeps um, that other person protected as well and make sure that, you know, the, the best job is being done. And I, I think, you know, owning your abilities, but also taking a step back and going, okay, am I just trying to save this person or rescue this person because that's my natural pattern and my natural desire and my sole contract? Or can I, at a, like at a, at an observational level, can I actually do this? Yeah, yeah totally. Um, so Joseph is asking in the chat, are these aura strengthening clearing practices in your program, like in package A and package B? Yeah, so yes, they are. So I have in, so, so um, I have a book that I wrote last year that has a toolkit that comes alongside it. So the toolkit takes the meditations that are in the book and creates them into audio meditations because I don't know how many of that of you guys, but I have read so many self-help books and I've never done the meditation. I've never actually <laughs> used the tool in it. So I was like, I'm going to do a toolkit as well. So the combination of the book and the toolkit to there's 11 um, tools in that two of them are auric related so one of them is about connecting to your aura and clearing it and another one is an auric strengthening one um, so they're available in both offer one and offer two and um, you know I think the this is a really great place to start for people who are wanting to develop their intuition further and they're wanting to take control of that journey themselves because it it 
auric clearing and auric connection is still a relatively foundational part of intuitive development. And I've met a lot of people who are, you know, they're off astral traveling, but they don't know how to clear their auras. And I'm like, exactly. So it's foundational, but it's, it's relevant and it's important right now. We, we oh. really, really need to be doing that on a daily basis. Yeah. daily basis absolutely yeah. absolutely so i i my my usual recommendation to people is like if you're listening to this like joseph if this is you and anyone else who's listening if you are um if you have never done auric clearings if you've never done any um auric strengthening start by doing it every single day and just seeing what comes off you what comes out of you what what shift you have and i always encourage people to really monitor how do you feel before you do it and how do you feel after but also you don't need to spend hours doing it even 10 minutes if you've never done energetic work start with 10 minutes a day maximum because people people underestimate how intense an energetic shift can be and so you can do even two minutes and have like quite a significant shift in your energy if you get a big chunk of somebody else's anxiety out of your auric field right so start every day five or ten minutes clearing off as much as you can you don't have to do it all in one day if this is your first time doing auric clearings if you're starting to strengthen your aura Use the energetic boundary meditation that's part of the toolkit as well. There's a lot about it in the book as well. Start with that. And then as you feel more confident that you've cleared off stuff and as you really start to notice how that energetic shift is impacting your physical world, it's impacting how you physically feel, it's impacting how you set boundaries with people, it's impacting your confidence level. Like this all happens naturally as you do it more and more, you'll start to notice, I can set a boundary with that person or that person is near me and they're really upset, but I'm actually not taking on their energy. And for some people, it takes a couple of days. Some people, it takes a couple of months because it depends on what your patterns are, how deep your energy connections go, how many chords there are with other people. But as you get more strength and having that base of your own energy, then you don't have to do it every day. Like my regular, um, more advanced intuitive uh, clients usually do an auric clearing once or twice a week. I do an auric clearing a couple of times a week, depending on how many clients I'm seeing in that week. Um, and I'll do like grounding and I'll do energetic stuff every day, but you don't have to be doing it as an absolute daily thing. Once you've got a really good base, right? Like once you've done the deep clean of the house, then you're just doing a little bit here and there to keep everything tidy. Unless you're like me, who's doing a live show almost every day. <laughs> That's right. Oh, absolutely. That's when you're taking on a whole lot of other people's energy and you're holding a lot of space, absolutely. Like if I run a big event or something where I have people over to my house and I run a circle, then I'll always do a good clearing afterwards. But for those people listening who are, you know, you're particularly if you're not working in an office right now, if you're working from home and you've got your same people at home and everything, it's a really great place to start making those shifts and doing that work clearing. And then like, it's the maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Joseph's also asking about what do you think about drinking or smoking affecting the aura? So yeah. I'm just so going to say really quickly about that. Real, just really quickly. So I know for myself, because I'm a healer and I do healing work when I, when I'm doing healing work, I don't drink. So 
you know, like, so today or when I'm doing call, I don't, I don't drink anything. So if I have a weekend where there's like nothing happening, I might have a glass of um, champagne or sex, but that's about it. <laughs> you know, but when I'm doing healing call or shows, I don't, I do not drink because it does affect your energy, but go ahead, Raphael. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's a really great perspective and one that I share as well with people who are listening who are healers or are thinking about moving into doing healing or guiding work. When you're connecting to spirit and you're holding space for somebody else, I always encourage people to be in their strongest power. So in the, the highest level of sobriety that they can be in, whether that be even things like the medication that you're taking and the level of sleep that you're having. And, you know, you want to be in the best energy that you're in because when you're space holding or when you're doing energy work, you're giving energy to somebody else. So if you've only got just enough energy for you, then if you're giving away energy to somebody else, you're going to end up depleted. So for those people who are yeah doing that work and they're giving a lot of energy away, then I highly encourage people to look at their drinking habits, look at their smoking habits, even look at their things like their sleep, their exercise habits, what your food you're putting into your body. But in saying that, we're here to have a human experience as well. So I'm not one of those teachers who's like, you should, you should quit smoking and you should quit drinking and you should, you know, you should get up at 5am and you should do an hour of yoga. I am absolutely not one of those teachers. I despise some of those teachers who create this rigid set of rules because to me that's all I'm, I'm like you're pretty much creating a religion around your belief system but the whole point of secular spirituality is that people get to choose and be empowered in their decision so when it comes to I think what's important is to recognize the effects that smoking drinking even you know being really really tired all of that taking certain prescription medications, taking plant medicine, the impact that all of that has on, on, your, um, on your ability to deal with spirits, on your energy levels. And then you know the risks and then you get to choose. But when we get intoxicated, when we get really stoned, when we're really intense, on, like when we're really far into a plant medicine ceremony or if you choose to take any recreational drugs, Anytime where we're losing connection to our body, we're losing connection to grounding um, on the earth, we make ourselves more susceptible to other spirits coming to see us. We make ourselves more susceptible to having our energy drained. So if you are at a space right now where you've got a really intense attachment, one of the worst things for your health is to get really drunk or to get really stoned right? The, the best thing for you to do is to stay in as much clarity as you can and work on getting rid of that attachment or getting rid of that energy in your house um, or setting boundaries with spirits if you're somebody who's getting a lot of spirits coming away so that you can be in that power in those situations. Um, but I definitely don't say to people like, just because you want to do intuition doesn't mean you can, you, you have to be sober. Like you can absolutely go out and enjoy a glass of wine with your friends or, you know, like have the occasional smoke. Like, I think that that's a really important part of the human experience and helps to restore and nourish our connection to our human experience, our body, all of that. So I do a lot of work with people around conscious, conscious coping and around, um, 
like conscious um, habits. And so going, okay, is this a dependency? Is this an addiction? And how do we break those? And that's part of why I'm a trained counselor is to be able to support people in um, alcohol mm-hmm. and, and drug addiction and things like that. But doing it in a really spiritually and energetic way to like break some of those patterns and work through the deeper reasons why those patterns exist. But if it's, I want to have a drink because right now I feel like that'll be a really beautiful, fun thing to do with my friends and it's going to give me a really nice evening, then absolutely enjoy it. Like if it's going to give you energy and it's going to give you life. Yeah, I absolutely. Your question. Uh, I think so. Uh, but, I, but I would still say that, you know, if you are, if you are drinking or smoking on a regular basis, then it's even more necessary to strengthen your aura, clear your aura, clear your energy field in your space as well on a regular basis, for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. I would, I would say though, if you are drinking and smoking on a regular basis and you were to want to work with me, the first thing I'd say is, well, let's work out some of the reasons why you're doing that in a very gentle way. And then like, let's, work through those patterns or let's work through the healing work that that needs to happen in order for you to not be reliant on those anymore and I totally understand like I I was a high functioning alcoholic for a number of years and I drank because I wasn't happy with a lot of areas of my life and because I drank to cope and but but that doesn't have to be the case like Mm -hmm. you really don't have to have these things to cope it's but you know that's that whole process of awakening right like you you choose to go on the awakening path and it takes you on that journey and now I I I still drink but I can do it in a really conscious way and I can enjoy one or two glasses of wine and then I might not drink for a week and then you know I might have a week where I drink a couple of times in the week and you know, and, and, but I get to choose in that now, which is what's really beautiful. It's not a blanket, like you have to stop. Exactly. I mean, we're here to live life, experience life, right? So as long as, you know, the uh, alcohol, smoking, et cetera, is not taking control over you, then you know what, have fun. I mean, I drink sex and champagne, not as much as I would like, <laughs> once once a month anyways you know because I enjoy it you know I like the taste of it actually and um it's it's just a a nice evening where I drink by myself because my husband's not allowed to drink right now but you know but I'm fine with it you know so it's like I'll have a glass it's like sure why not and uh yeah it's it's just it's nice sometimes you know you just need to blow off some some steam just release some energies and just chill you know yeah definitely and I, I think there's, what's really and there's important. no judgment in, in that and whatsoever, right? No, so. absolutely. I, I think it's really healthy if it's if it's done in a healthy way and it's done with the root of it being for fun and enjoyment, not for disconnecting or coping, right? Yeah. When we're disconnecting and we're we're using it as a coping skill, it's like understanding why we're needing it and then finding ways that we can have other healthy coping mechanisms. So Like, for example, um, a lot of people I work with find that they've got a really difficult relationship with anger, whether they either they're like, I'm not an angry person, I never feel anger. So they're completely disconnected to the anger and they like store it all down Um, or they're like, you know, they they bottle it up and then it comes out in bursts. 
And so finding ways that you can cope with anger energy in a healthier way than going, oh, I'm, I had a really shit day at work and I'm feeling really frustrated. So I'm going to have three glasses of wine or I'm going to eat this massive like meal because I'm stuffing down the anger right? Like so many people, for so many people, emotional eating is actually connected to anger energy and it's connected to frustration and it's connected to that, that difficulty with not being in your power in situations. And so when we go, okay, we're going to dig up some of this anger energy and we're going to release it in healthy ways. And we're going to find other ways that you can release that anger and move into um, and have tools to be able to you know manage that anger then you don't need to be so reliant on those coping mechanisms like for some people they they do some anger energy work and then they start doing it regularly and all of a sudden they just quit drinking or they they just like for me I suddenly lost like 10 kilos and stopped and just ate like way 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 less like food and I never went on a diet I never even thought about it it was like I actually just got to the root pulled out that energy that was sitting in me in the same way that this can be the impact if you've got attachments on you right like it can be so sudden and such a shift in a couple of weeks is like remove the energy, remove the attachment, whatever it is. And all of a sudden those coping mechanisms don't need to be there anymore because your body's not trying to hold on to energy or trying to like sustain an, an unhealthy energetic pattern. So I, my big belief is that it starts with energy and then the energy impacts the cognitive uh, side of things and, and it impacts the physical. And we look at all of the aspects in one. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, it's a great question, Joseph. Thank you for that. Um, so uh, I wanted to ask also about, like we, we talked a little bit about spirit visitations. We talked a little bit about dealing with energies. What about spirit guides? So we all have spirit guides and a lot of us work with a lot of guides and angels and our divine team on a regular basis. Right. But again, like you said, we need to be grounded. It's, you know, it's like, yes, we're working with those higher realms, et cetera but we still need to be grounded so that we can actually bring those energies down here and anchor them here to use them, work with them, use them for, for, for our lives and for the collective and, and to be of service, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a really good balance. Um, I always get people connected to their guides and being very specific about who their guides are right at the beginning of intuitive development. Because again, it's a foundation. Having your guides there is such an important foundation. So if you're wanting to develop your intuition, meeting your guides, like ideally seeing them and knowing what they look like, having conversations with them is so awesome because you can find out things like how long they're going to be there with you. So you can understand the relationship that you're going to build with them. You can understand what type of work they're there to do because not all guides are there just to protect you. Some of them are there to teach you things. Some are there to give you messages. If you're starting to do healing work with others, like I have two specific guides who don't even, they're not guides for me. They're guides for my clients and for spirits. And so they, they work with me, but I, I like to think of it and I like to share it as you're the CEO running your company. So you're in charge. You're the, you're the soul in the body. You're the one who has the consequences mm -hmm. of anything that goes on. So you are the CEO and then 
all of your guides are there as your team. Yeah, they're there as your, as your team. They've all yep. got different areas of expertise. So utilizing them in the most effective way, right? For all of you business people out there or you work in a business, we know how, you know, how effective it is if you've got people specialized in different areas and your guides come to you with different specializations. They might be a teacher guide. They might be a guard. They might be a messenger. They might be there to help you with other work they might be there to do a deep dive with you they might be a lifetime guide you know there's so many different ways that people can um that that guides can come to you and for different reasons and so getting to know them on a personal level and developing an understanding of your crew then means that you go okay I'm going to go do this healing work or I'm going to do this thing on me and it's like one of your guides is you just need to take one with you or you you just have one or two there at present rather than having to have the whole crew mm -hmm. of like 10 or 15 there all giving you info because I'm sure a lot of people listening to this have had those situations where you've got like 10 guides around you and you don't even know who's your guide and you don't know who's an angel and you don't know if there's even like spirits there and they're all just talking at you and you're like oh my god just shut up everyone like just shut yeah. up <laughs> um and it's like it's like breathe, work out what the different areas of specialization everyone's, everyone's there for, and then utilize them. So I like for a while, I had a, a guide there specifically to help me with creative endeavors. So most of the time I'd say to him, like, Yuri, you're like, you don't need to be here. Like you can chill. And he, he wasn't around, but every now and again, I'd wake up in the morning or I'd come out into my bedroom and he'd be sitting there on the chair with his feet up on my desk. Like, <laughs> when are you going to write a poem next door? Like, when, like, when are you going to get me up? You know? And I was like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. But I had that relationship with him to then be able to, to really build that trust and build those messages in and then not always have this constant download of like, you know, 10 or 20 or 30 freaking mm -hmm. beings around. And, and the other thing it does is it also makes you really clear on who's a guide and if there's any spirits trying to pose as a guide, which doesn't happen super, super regularly. But if you're constantly calling in new guides and you've got a very open aura, it can happen that a, a spirit will come your way and pose as a guide. So in my... Um, as part of both of the offers, I've got a course called the Ultimate Guide Connection course. So I take you through all of that stuff. Like I take you through the different types of guides. I take you through a meditation where you can be connecting with them and asking them about questions. And I give you lots of ideas of questions to ask so that you build that rapport. And I also talk about the difference between dealing with a spirit and dealing with a guide and how you can be sort of testing them when you get a new guide through to make sure that you yeah. are actually having a guide. Yeah, and, and the highest level guide possible. Yeah, mm. for sure. Um, yeah. So I was just going to, so Natalie had written in the chat that she said, uh, she said, my system won't even tolerate alcohol anymore at this point, so I just don't partake. When I have tried having a glass of something, my body reacts with tension. And so that's, you know, to listen to your body. Yeah, absolutely. Good. And she said, a few of my guides presented themselves initially with a, with a familiar scent. Nice. And that's mm -hmm. one way of getting to know who your guides are. They come with a scent or... You know, sometimes for me, it's a, it's a it's a little sparkle of light. You know, like a different, like a specific color of light that comes through. Or for me, I'm a feeler, so I feel a lot of the a lot of the energies. So it's it's different for all of us, right? And then um, then a lot of people see and hear. So I know Linda wants to ask a question about 
uh, I don't know exactly what yet, so we'll see, but probably around seeing or hearing her guides. Linda, you want to unmute yourself? Sure. Okay, I'll put my video on. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi. How are you? Yeah, I just would great. like to know who my spirit guides are and how many I got. <laughs> mm. So, so, Linda, I'm going to disappoint you significantly and say that I will not tell you because my ethos as a healer and my ethos as a spiritual coach is to help people and give people the tools to be able to do it themselves. So okay. if you're wanting to find out, then, you know, without it being a sell, I'd say get the, you know, get the intuitive, get the intuitive guides package because okay. in there, like I give you all the tools to find that out. Like I could, I could be on here and I could be like, you've got this many guides and they look like this and blah, 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 blah. And a lot of people who, who work with me have been told about their guides before, but until you meet them yourself, until you connect with them, until you feel them, then you can't build a relationship with them. So like there will be plenty of people out there who'll tell you what they look like and stuff because they want to prove to you that they can see them and blah, 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 blah. Like, but but that doesn't actually help you with your intuition going forward. So if you're wanting to know, if you're wanting to connect, then the, the best way is to have those tools to be able to go in and find out. And it's, and it's even people who have, you know, you don't have to be seeing big visions of things and be like highly intuitive to be able to start connecting in these ways. Like these are very foundational things about feeling into your guides. You might just have a little feeling. You might just have, like, you might get a, a moment of a vision. You might be like Natalie and you might have that clear gustance ability, that intuitive smell and smell them coming through. Like, so it's about starting with things like I want to meet my guides and developing all of those different intuitive abilities. And we've got multiple different intuitive senses that we can develop. And so, you know, like for Natalie, I'd go, that's amazing. You've obviously got intuitive scent. How can you use that to like develop your intuition more? Like how can you be more aware of if you're getting an intuitive message by scent and going, oh, that's an intuitive message and asking, well, what is that about? And when you've got your guides there, you can be like, guides, what's that about? And then they can tell you. Or when you open up your channels, then you get that message through. So, so Linda, I'd say like, yay, it's so exciting that you're excited to know. This is the beginning, right? Like this is this is where like the rubber hits the road and it's like, yeah, I'm going to go. But I want to ask Linda really quickly. I'm going to challenge her for a second. Linda, you work with guides. I work with angels a lot. Okay, cool. And and you know who they are? Yes. How do you know who they are? Because I can feel them. Yeah. So you know, so you so you feel energies, right? So yes, ask I, so so ask your guide. I mean, I'm not teaching or anything right now, but just ask your guide, <laughs> your main guide who wants to come forward to come forward and see how you feel. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Right? And trust yeah. your knowing. Trust okay. what you yeah. get. Okay. Yeah. And Thank leaning you. into that, leaning into that clear void, like that clear sentient ability, right? Like if you're feeling them there, like lean into that feeling and go, okay, well, where am I feeling them? Are they behind me? Are they beside me? Is there two or three? Like how big are they? What's the feeling I get associated with them? And then from there, like getting used to okay when I've got that feeling that's a guide there and then you start to work with okay well what's the message here and so you know that's the that's the base and then you build on it 
you don't okay. have to see a guide to you don't have to see them to know them and to have a relationship with them you need to be able to sense them in some way and be able to you know get a sense from them when you ask them some people they just ask yes or no, no questions and they can get a really clear yes or no some people can develop their abilities to be able to get like a conversation going and a lot of people I work with they, they'll have that clear audience you know like they'll be hearing their guide talking to them or they'll see them there and they'll be talking with them and stuff like that so the more you lean into it the more that those abilities will come through and if you're already working with with angels Linda it'll happen like really quick if you want it to it'll just be like okay oh cool I can see you here and just ask for your highest level guide to come in I will thank right. you yeah thank you Linda uh Tanya go ahead you want to unmute yourself Thank you. Hello, everyone. Um, my question is a bit maybe old. Um, my father died in a, at the end of October. And uh, because he was an uh, atheist, uh, he didn't believe in every, any afterlife paradise or anything. He just, his thoughts were that he will become the soil and he will be gone forever. And uh, like, on my my I was trying to say that whatever you believe if you see light just go to the light he was like oh don't say these stupid things so when he died I kind of I asked I was asking constantly that I want to connect with him even if it's in my dream because usually it's when I connect with my uh, ancestors with my guides and I did have a dream with him but in my dream uh, I was kind of, I hugged him and I said, let's just dance. So I I was talking in my dream to him, but I didn't remember in the morning was what I was talking to him, but he wasn't saying anything. So I actually um, uh, don't know um, either he's okay and he kind of passed on and uh, everything is all right. It was just uh, later on, a few days later, I was always almost awake and I, could hear him calling my name and I woke up completely and I feel like he wanted to say something um, and I don't know what and since then he didn't come into my dreams and I didn't feel his energy or something so uh, I, I, I wanted to ask if it's possible you ask your guides if my father is kind of passed passed in a, on a other dimensions wherever people go and everything is all right, so I don't uh, don't worry. Mm. So please, yeah. So what I would say is, like, I I don't do. I'm not going to do any mediumship work on here. I'm not going to like connect with with um the like with his energy. But the fact that he was there calling to you to me says he hadn't passed over them yet. What I would encourage you to do to be in mm -hmm. your power of your ability, right? Because you have an ability to be connecting with him. Ask in, you know, like sit down in a meditation and just ask your guides to come in and ask to receive the message. Is he okay? And you'll feel it in your body. You'll know it. You'll, you might even say the words out loud, but go into that meditation state, ask your guides to come in be really open to receiving the message, ask if he's okay. And if he's still around, then you can ask, well, how can I help him to, to, to transition out? And okay. you'll get some messages through. Yeah. Right. 
Thanks. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Yeah, because at the end of the day, like you know him, you've got that relationship. You're already sensing him there, so mm. maintain that relationship. And he's obviously trying to, like you know, like he was calling to you. He was obviously, you're right. He was trying to say something to you, but it could have been goodbye. It could have been help. It could have been anything. So you know, being open to connecting with him, and you might even find that he speaks to you directly, or he speaks to you through. Um, your guides but I just sit get really clear open up all your channels but remain quite grounded have your guides there for protection ask them to come in and then just ask that question out and you'll know you'll receive in that message okay thank you thanks a lot problem yeah thank you Tanya um and you know it's it's you know I've in the past tried to connect with deceased loved ones and I didn't <laughs> I couldn't so it's like okay you know I'm, I'm not I'm not meant to, I couldn't find them you know so it's like okay they're you know gone elsewhere you know so but for me it wasn't there was not an, an uh, attachment like that like I didn't have to know it was just I was just a curious curious thing you know I, yeah. I, I didn't I, I wasn't worried about them or anything like that you know so they're they're fine but, you know, I didn't ask my guides to help me with it either. I didn't ask my guides to be with me and, and ask the question, is he okay? Because even now when I'm asking, is he okay? Yes, he's fine. You know, it's like, it's, why are you worried? You know? Um, yeah. So it's like, yeah, he's fine. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I'm still getting that answer now. But, but at that time, it was more of a, an, uh, experiment I was doing you could say you know and so I you know I didn't get in touch with them at the time but I did I was able to get in touch with one of my grandfathers which was which was cool you know and so the thing is with me like my grandparents for example they don't speak English right so when I connect with them it's like my mind automatically switched switches to Hindi somehow it just knows how to speak in Hindi when I'm talking to them you know because I do know Hindi but you know, I, I normally think in English all the time, right? But when I'm when I'm talking to them, it automatically switches to Hindi without me even knowing. And so they do respond, you know, um, in the language of your choice. So it's like, I remember hearing my grandmother talking to me and she was speaking in English. I'm like, how is she doing that? You know, it's like, how is she speaking in English? But, you know, there's no limitations like that, like that we have here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And like spirits can, they don't have to be speaking your language to yeah. be able to communicate with you. Like there is a lot of like natural translation that happens as that, it, like as you start to do more work with spirits. And like yeah. if you do start to have conversations with them and you start to ask them, you know, how can I help you? And like, you know, doing some spirit Passover work, then yeah, absolutely. It trans, it transmutes language and it transmutes time. Um, I think it's an energy, in, like speaking with energy, not with language, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And even if you're hearing them, like you might sort of almost feel like you can, you can know what the words are. It's not necessarily just a feeling, but as you develop that clear audience ability, audience ability, that's the, the intuitive hearing when you get more advanced with it, then it translates across, like it automatically translates languages, which is yeah. really, really cool. And it translates <laughs> like sound and stuff and it can like, it, it, like, you can also have like the volume go really high and the volume go really quiet and you can like, mm -hmm. you know, impact that. Um, just on, um, on like people's 
family members passing over and things like that I think I feel really cool to say that like when somebody when somebody you love dies right when they leave their body there is definitely a absolutely strong desire because we love and care about them to to try help them to try um make sure that they're going to be okay to to help them to pass over I think what's really important to bear in mind is you can only do so much mm-hmm. so you can do what you can and you can help them and you can guide them and if they come to you for help you can you know support them in that way and people who develop their ability to help spirits pass over like it's such an incredible gift it's not something that many people do like whenever I have people come to work with me and they're like I do want to work with spirit Passover I'm like yes we need more of us doing this because we're like we're like the undertakers of the spirit world and like it's a job that very few people actually want to do but yeah. there is a lot of spirits that don't know how to pass over or they're not ready to leave yet or they're just like they're staying around and so developing that like so for me if I have a spirit come to me then I'll work with them if a human comes to me and says can you help this spirit I'm like you can you know like like if they come to me, then that's great. But unless they come to me, I'm not going to like force that spirit to do anything because it's their journey as well. Like if you think about people's lives and your own life on your soul journey beyond this lifetime, you've got multiple lifetimes happening. And Mm -hmm. part of your soul journey translates into what happens in the afterlife, what happens in between experiences in a body and so for some people it's an important part of their journey to stay as a spirit on earth for a little while and process some things for some people they go straight away and they leave and then they because they need to come back to another body and it's like boom boom like out in out in and and but a lot of us do spend time in spirit form on earth we spend time in in passover space before we come back Mm -hmm. into our next body and that's part of our journey so I think it's also important to recognize that while we hurt and while the grief process desires us to to know all of the answers they're on their journey and that journey is going to be exactly what they need and that when they do pass over it's going to be on their terms and to me, that's the most beautiful thing is when a spirit is consenting and they're choosing to pass over and it's not like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm forcing you, you know, and if they're not ready yet, they're not ready. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's a question from Beverly in the chat. How can I tell if my empathic tendencies are affecting me negatively or if it is a negative spirit attachment? Mm. So I think you can find out very quickly most of the time if it's an attachment by asking, sitting down with your guides and asking that question. So if you're developing your intuition, like this is, like I wish that everyone had like everyone developed at least the foundational uh, intuitive abilities to be able to ask questions, have their guides there, trust the messages that are coming through. If if we could all do that, the world would be a completely different place. We would yeah, have so sure. much more autonomy. We would have so much more authority over our lives. We would have so much more clarity. So if you're wanting to know that question, like develop that foundational level, get connect with your guides, connect with your body, connect with yourself so that you can ask those questions, start to build a relationship with your intuition. And then you'll know, like you can sit down and you can ask the question, is this a spirit attachment? Yes or no? 
or get, you know, if you've got a big pendulum, get a pendulum out or ask your cards, you know, is this a spirit attachment? If it's a spirit attachment, then you go through that process of spirit attachment. If it's your empathetic tendencies, which, because it sounds Beverly, like you kind of know that it's one or the other already, like the way you've worded that message, you've got a sense of which one it is. So it's finding out the answer to that first. Is it one or the other? If, and then, and then working, working through whatever it is. So if it is a spirit attachment, then it's about getting rid of that spirit attachment from you. So you can go back to the beginning of this interview. You can, you know, the auric work, all of that stuff. You can do all of that or get help. We already talked through that part. If it is empathetic tendencies and being an empath, then it's about working through those patterns of rescuing and of saving. And a lot of the time I do work with people around like inner, ch inner children healing, because often it's not just one inner child, it's multiple inner children, but inner children healing to be able to soothe that part of you that naturally desires to um, or needs to know everything. So when we're empath when we're highly empathic, often we've built that or over overbuilt that skill of empathy because we needed to in order to survive in our childhood at some point, whether that's because you were significantly bullied, so you needed to be able to feel into when somebody was coming around the corner to bully you, whether you lived in a, a completely emotionally disconnected household, so you were soothing parents or you were managing the energy of parents because it was a turbulent household almost all highly empathic people that I have ever worked with ever come across have got a reason that they've developed and overdeveloped that tendency and it's like you've built this muscle you've worked this muscle in your arm so like this one muscle is really really huge but it doesn't match the rest of your body Mm -hmm. So it's about going, okay, what caused me to develop that? And then working out the soothing and coping mechanisms in order to soothe those inner children and to notice in the moment, becoming more conscious in the moment, oh, I'm rescuing somebody now because this is a pattern that triggers an inner child who needed to soothe somebody in that moment, right? So as a really grounded example, this is an example that I've had so many people work through. You lived in a household where people didn't talk through things calmly when emotions got high. If something needed to be talked about, it became a confrontation, it became an argument. As a child, in order to survive that situation of parents yelling at you or maybe even hitting you or push, putting you in your room or you know, like creating that scenario, you became highly attuned to when, like when anxiety and tension is high and when there might be some form of anger so that you could try and douse it or so that you could get in there first to be angry first so that you win it. You know, there's so many patterns that play out, but ultimately the, the underlying pattern is an anxiety and a triggering when you think that anger could come out because there's an inner child that was locked in their room, was hit, was abandoned, was sent to bed without dinner, was told that they were stupid or, or uh, you know, un unworthy of love, essentially. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Like anger is, uh, becomes unworthy of love in, in your world. So what we do in terms of conscious connection to ourselves and, and breaking through those patterns 
is we do some inner child connection and inner child healing and working out well, how do those inner children actually feel? Is there an inner child in you that's still locked in their room, that's still sitting there hungry and like waiting for dinner, that's crying, connecting with them, soothing them and becoming aware of those patterns so that then in a moment as an adult that you are now, you sit down with your partner to have a discussion about something instead of being in that child energy of, oh my God, when is the argument going to start? Oh, like I need to like, I need to get on the forefront of the argument. You can sit there calmly and go, this is what I want to talk about. And, and you get to manage the relationship as two adults coming to the table. And I say this because I have seen how powerful it can be for myself, for clients, like it, it, is, it is a absolute game changer. So a lot of those empathic tendencies do come back to inner child wounds, inner children patterns um, and energy. And so, yeah, to, to, to very specifically answer your question, Beverly, if you find that it's an empathic thing, that you're highly in, in tune with your empathy to the point where it's actually negatively impacting you, I would be doing boundary setting work and working through that energetically and physically. And I would be doing inner child and inner children work to soothe those parts of you and work through them and be able to stand in a more conscious relationship with others and doing some conscious communication patterns. So Beverly, I know you're unmuted. How does that sound? How does that feel for you? Well, uh, I feel um, that I have done a lot of the inner child work, but there's still, I guess, obviously we all, we all continue to work, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like that yeah, I I don't know, uh, a lot of the things that I've done or have have worked on have kind of gone out the window. And this is what what I've been going through has been going, I've been going through it for a while. So that's why I was thinking, because uh, a lot of times I know, uh, Natalie mentioned, you know, discern if it's you or if it's somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I, I have done that. I've had situations where I'm like, yeah, this isn't coming from me. So I start calling all my friends to find out who's who's in trouble because I know somebody's in trouble. Um, but this time, I, you know, I know some friends are struggling, but this feels like, I don't know, I can't shake it. I can't get, I can't meditate because I just keep getting... I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so, so that's definitely sounding a lot. So the, the first thing I would be saying is, you know, that what really triggered me to think is when you said about how you're calling your friends and asking like, who's like, what's going on? Who's in trouble? So you're obviously feeling some, someone else's energy around, right? So that's not a you energy, that's somebody else's energy. So it's mm -hmm. either you've got a, a cord attachment with somebody like another human, or like that does point in the direction more towards potentially an attachment, um, or even just a, an energy in your, in your space. It might not be an attachment, right? Like an attachment is a spirit that's like here with us. It could mm -hmm. even just be an energy that's in and around your house. Mm -hmm. um, 
But to me, that sounds like a foreign energy rather than a you energy. I, I did have something follow me home one time. That was definitely that I was able to pick up. And after a few days of like, you know, severe depression and having my issues, I said, yeah, this is something else that came home. So I had to do a, I had to do a house clearing and that sort of thing. So um, I guess that's what you're saying is that maybe um, I should do an, another apartment, you know, I'm in an apartment. So a lot of times we get stuff from other people too here. Um, that's what you're saying though, I guess, is maybe try to do another um, smudging and that sort of thing. Yeah, so yes and no. So I think what's obvious here is that you, you have a tendency of picking up spirits and you have that ability to kind of have spirits, you know, want to want help from you or or attach themselves to you so going back to the beginning of this discussion the beginning of this live on the recording and I would say taking a lot of those steps around the boundaries around your auric healing around auric clearings around auric strengthening around energetic boundaries as well as doing a house clearing because if you've got that energy sitting in and around you and you're like you know, it's creating an anxiety that you're calling up your friends asking what's wrong. That energy is obviously getting, you know, it's getting in your ear, it's getting in your fields. So mm -hmm. there's also that process of developing that strengthening and standing in your own power so that you're not susceptible. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Does that answer Thank your question? I, I think so. I think that's just some, some more work that I have to do is that that's what you're saying. So uh, I feel like I've done it, but you know, I guess I have to do it again. So with, with this work, right? Like there's never an end point. And, and some people might be like, oh my God, I don't want to hear that. But with things like auric strengthening, auric clearing, with boundary setting, it's a practice every day. It's a choice that you make every day, every week to practice and to keep and maintain. We don't strengthen our aura and then suddenly just like, yep, that's done forever. We never have to do it again. It's right. like a lot of that work, right? Mm -hmm. Like you might get rid of a spirit out of your house. That's a one and done, right? But in order to keep the energy of the house protected, we need to be keeping the maintenance up just like everything, right? Everything, we can't go to the gym once and expect that we'll be fit forever. We can't eat healthy once and expect that we'll be, you know, a healthy, a healthy person. So it's reframing that mindset, Beverly, around maybe also thinking about it less as work, right? Thinking about it as a practice that becomes part of your self-care. It becomes a practice as part of your health, but mm -hmm. also having it as a regular thing that you're maintaining because it's not a one and done. Okay. I think, I think that's very helpful is to try to think of it, even though it feels like work to try to think of it less like work and, and, uh, it's more of a lifestyle, right? Lifestyle and, and maintenance, regular maintenance of your house, regular maintenance of your energy field. Part of my exercise routine, part of my yeah. routine. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I have like, like I will wake up in the morning, I'll do a chakra check-in, I will get up, I'll do a stretch, I'll brush my teeth, I'll have a shower, you know, I'll put on my clothes for the day. It becomes part of my routine. 
and, and, and this is what I was sort of touching on briefly at the beginning, but I think it's important to really reinforce here is that when you get good at energetic, not even when you get good, when you get clear on what energetic work you're doing and you connect your intuition, it doesn't take hours. Like you guys don't have to commit to hours of meditation a day to be clearing your aura and to be like, you know, uh, an intuitive being. Like I do not meditate for hours a day. I don't have time. Like I'm here on a mission doing a lot of things, also trying to have a human experience. Like my path is not to be meditating for hours a day and it doesn't have to be for you guys. Like all of these tools can be implemented in less than 10 minutes and can and have like really significant shifts in your energy, shifts in your mindset, shifts in your perspective. And it then becomes part of just who you are, what you do every day. Like you brush your teeth every day and you hopefully you floss most days, you wash your hair every couple of days. Like this just becomes part of that routine. And when you get when you practice it and you have done it a few times, you can do it in a matter of minutes. Like I I will ground several times a day and it takes me 30 seconds to do a grounding meditation. Like to, I don't need to put on the headphones and stuff. I just, I know what the process is now. And so a lot of these tools, all the tools in my book, all the tools in the toolkit, those foundational tools are designed to be easy to implement in your life and things that aren't strenuous. Like you could do every single tool in less than an hour because that's what's sustainable. And, you know, most of the people I work with have got children and busy lives and work full time and they've got houses to look after and stuff like most of us don't have the luxury to like go to a retreat space every month and like, you know, go on a silent retreat or like leave our lives and, you know, like start afresh. Right. And we don't want to and we're not meant to. That's not part of our soul contract. But having small energetic acts of self-care being just as important as your physical acts of self-care is how you manage it and it becomes no longer like work it just becomes another thing that you do as part of your your daily routine or your weekly routine yeah and again it's five to ten minutes sorry go ahead Beverly I I was thinking that as she was speaking I was thinking that maybe that you can I can try to look at it as part of self-love absolutely yeah yeah, it sure is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Self-love, self-care. Think of it like brushing your teeth, right? Like we, um, hopefully most of us brush our teeth every day. We get out of bed and we put on clothes and we shower. Like you just pick one. Like I often say to people, pick one of the 11 tools and do one a day. And if you do that, then like you'll have incredible transformations. Like habits are built on small acts, you don't have to be listening to this and go, I wanna be intuitive, so I've gotta change my entire life. Like you just change a choice one time a day to change how you're gonna spend five or 10 minutes a day and the life will, your life will change from it, but you don't have to do anything to do that. Like your life will change because your energy will change, your life will change because your connection to your guides will change. But all you do is make the choice of I'm gonna, implement this five to 10 minutes a day of energy work or of connecting to my guides. Yeah. Awesome. Good. Thank you, Beverly. Great question. Thank you. All right. So um, Joseph is asking, (laughs) Raphael, as we all know, there are a lot of aura clearing programs out there. What is special about yours? So let's talk about the packages. 
They are available at alar.at forward slash show forward slash Raphael two. And I'm gonna share my screen. Second, so we're gonna talk about these packages. So there's two packages, A and B, and package A is the intuitive awakening package and it's for $88 um, and includes, go ahead, Raphael. <laughs> Sure, yeah. So it, so it includes a copy of my intentional best-selling book, Your Conscious Awakening, which is a really important foundational basis for anyone who's wanting to develop their consciousness more and wanting to do intuitive work. So we cover, um, sorry, 12, not 11, 12 practical tools that you can implement into your life. I talk about being an empath, why it might be difficult for you, how to manage your energy around that. We talk about boundaries. I share one chapter in there about my own journey for people to understand what that journey can look like for people, but most of it's not that. Most of it is a self-healing book. And then alongside that comes the self-healing toolkit, which is, as I mentioned, the meditations um, in audio with a little bit of background music. And I've recorded them in a way that makes it very easy for beginners. There's lots of space in between the questions for you to connect in and ask. And so you get those meditation toolkits to, to either just listen to or to have a, alongside the book as you're going through. So those two alone, that becomes like doing an entire session at that foundational level with people. The reason I developed the book is because that I had so many people coming to me asking me about all of this stuff and I was teaching these tools time and time again. So I decided to write a book and I and do a meditation toolkit alongside. Then as well, um, in both packages, you get the ultimate guide connection course. So that goes into a lot of what we talked about in the show already, but it is a really in-depth uh, process through meeting your guides connecting with them so it's not just a meditation that goes okay you're gonna like meet them now it talks through the different types of guides you learn how to decipher guides from spirits you learn how to like ask them questions and how to like get a special connection with them there's some advanced stuff in there as well for people who want to do advanced things there's seven videos and a couple of worksheets and some meditations so um, that's a really good like sit down and spend a couple of hours over a couple of weeks doing that kind of thing then we have the uh, uh, Manifestation Magic course. So this is all about uh, developing uh, your, uh, sorry, sorry, wrong one. Um, trusting, your intuition, trusting your intuition course. So this is about unpacking at a deeper level what the intuitive gifts are, how to access them, how to connect with your chakras and, and, and uh, build a relationship with them. There's some practical tools in there around like little check-ins that you can do with your chakras. And there's also some stuff in there around like deep diving into the different intuitive abilities and how you can be um, developing them. And there's some meditations and things like that as well to go with that. So, um, and then there's the soul contract mini course, which I absolutely love. I've just been doing that with um, my master's circle, which is my more advanced team, but I thought it would be really helpful for you guys to have a look at. So it's about how do you tap into your soul contracts? How do you uncover information from them? There's a meditation in there that allows you to tap into your soul contract and like get information through and see it. So I would recommend doing these kind of in that order. So like waiting and doing the soul contract work once you've developed a bit more of your intuition. 
Um, but there's some general information in there about soul contracts, twin flames, dealing with um, your soul contract and your soul contract with others. There's several meditations and things. So it's this basically is designed to give you a whole lot of really powerful tools, techniques, and uh, questions and 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 uh, spark the curious energy in you to have more power over your own intuitive abilities and to uh, develop those abilities. So rather than being reliant on going to a healer to ask for guidance, this is where you can start, like the rubber really starts to hit the road around, you can get your own messages in, you can control your own energy, you can ask your guides for the, your messages, you can start to understand your intuitive gifts and develop them. Um, and so that's where I differ holistically compared to a lot of other coaches as I'm not there to like do the healing work for you. I'm there to give you tools. I'm there to coach you along. I'm there to ask those questions to go in really deep with you and sit alongside you in that process while you develop your own skills. Because for me, empowerment, consent in the decision is what is so, so important. So that's package one. So that's package A for $88. And there is a two-part payment plan available as well. And don't forget the 24-hour special from me, the 10% gift, which uh, used the code TACS10. And then package B is the ultimate intuitive expansion package, which includes everything in package A plus there's a masterclass yeah. and then the personal session with Raphael. Yeah, so, so package B is for people who are like wanting to go deeper and wanting to do some more like live coaching and have a one-on-one. -on -one. So you get everything in the above, like you get all of that stuff from all the different other courses. And then you get to come along to an exclusive live masterclass that I'll be running. If you can't actually make it live, then I you can watch the replay and you can send me messages um, to be able to get some of that coaching on it within 70, a 72-hour window. But you get lifetime access to the training, you get additional meditations, and you get some other e-learning. And this is going a lot deeper into things around standing in your power, around energies and spirits and nightmares, how to deal with them. We go into a lot more that we, some, of, some of the stuff we've covered here, deep diving into that around attachments, around dealing with spirits. How do you help spirits pass over if people are wanting to start learning how to do that work? Um, how do you decipher uh, nightmares from anxiety from a spirit visiting you in your dreams? You know, all of that sort of thing. So this is a, a paid masterclass um, that like people people pay to attend. It's not a free masterclass and it um, comes with a whole lot of um, tools and stuff. So you get to attend that or you get the lifetime live access to that and you can ask me some questions. We're going to do some hot seat coaching in that. And then you also get a private 45 minute one-on-one -on -one with me. So this is an opportunity to deep dive into, say, if you want to do some inner child healing work, we can go through and I can support you in connecting to some of your inner children. Or if you want to um, connect to your aura and you want to do some clearing of that, or you want to um, deep dive into an area of intuition, or you want some advice on how to give readings more intuitively or whatever it might be. Like this is an opportunity to be coached on a deeper level of intuition, go into a past life regression. So I do past life regressions with people where I take you through you experiencing the past life rather than like I'm not sitting there telling you about it like you see it you feel it you experience it so if you 
So if you're wanting to do that deeper level, if you've got a sense that you are naturally intuitive, you've maybe had a few experiences with your intuition, but you're really wanting to take it to the next level and you're wanting to be in that empowered space where you're not reliant on another healer to do work for you, then this is the package for you because you get to have that deep dive and do a couple of really awesome, more advanced pieces with me in that one-on-one, as well as come to the masterclass and learn all about the advanced um, information and tools and things around spirits and clearings and uh, nightmares and energy and all of that. Awesome. So package B, working with Raphael and attending the masterclass is available for $189 and there are two and three part payment plans available, as well as the 24-hour special 10% gift from me, use the code TACS10. So again, these two packages are available at alara.at forward slash show forward slash Raphael2. Here we go. Awesome. Thank you. And so, um, you know, so just looking at these packages, there's a lot in package A and then there's a lot in package B and 189 for a 45-minute session plus the masterclass plus everything in package A, that's a great, great package. So I highly recommend you taking advantage of that if you can. And again, like I said, there are two and three payment plans available as well as the uh, 10% gift from me, okay? So please do take advantage of that. Uh, mm. I know somebody just had their hand raised, but then I think we lost them. Somehow they got disconnected. Um, we lost her. Okay, maybe, maybe she'll come back. Um, and so, you know, the, the oral clearing program that you have, Raphael, how is that different or more special than other people? I mean, each everybody does it their own unique way, right? So we're all going to be different. So what makes yours unique is that it works. What else? What, what 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 have you experienced with it? What have your clients experienced with it? Yeah. So so bearing in mind that it's a very practical way. So I, so the all of my techniques are incredibly practical. They're incredibly grounded, even though they're very intuitive. And so for people who are really wanting to tap in at that uh, clairvoyant, clairaudient, clear um, sentient ability. Mm-hmm that that's where it's designed to go so it's not just designed to go oh yeah like there's your aura cool okay like clear it do some breathing it's like we're going in we're actually feeling it we're sensing it we're seeing it so that's part of how it differs is we're going in and using all of the um senses in terms of experiences people have had like i mean just specifically on auric clearings like I have had so many situations of people doing this and then being like, my energy is completely different afterwards. Like, like I I was feeling really angry or I was feeling really anxious and I did this and two minutes later, that anxiety is gone because it's not actually my energy. But what's really powerful that I really want to like encourage people to think wider than just specifically like the auric package, right? Because that's one of like probably 20 different tools that you get as part of just even offer one. Mm -hmm. It's like any of these things are all, all of these tools are designed to then encourage you to take that step back from the scenario and go, okay, I didn't just feel better, but also now I recognize that that's somebody else's energy and whose energy was that? And like, how do I stop them from having such a hold on me? right? So it's like we take it not just one, not just two, but we take it like 10 steps further. So all of the tools are designed to work in conjunction with each other to develop 
yeah those abilities so yeah so it's not just you know like and like I said it's the the auric clearing is like two of literally like 20 different tools that come in the and offer one but it is yeah yeah. uh, so Linda had asked a question in the chat I think she's still here on the phone but she said any suggestions on strengthening our aura in times of trauma I've had tears Oh, tears, I'm going to say tears and experience both my energy leaking out and, and other entities enter. Yeah, so that's part of what we talked about before and what is part of both packages is that. But is there anything else you can add to that or give us a, a, a tool that we can start to use today, um, Raphael? Yeah, so, I mean, this is obviously a pretty intense, like, this is a, an, a more intense end of the spectrum where you've got, like, your energy leaking out and other energies trying to come in. So the first thing would be, like, what's causing you in those scenarios to, or in those situations to want your energy to leave? Like, I've had a situation like that. Like, I was, like, I had... Uh, attachment trying to come at me and I was just like I'm done like I am done I'm so tired I'm so drained I feel so out of my power in this and in, in, in my awakening I feel like I've got no support network I was like you can have my body like literally I was like you just have it just have it and um and I was really fortunate that I had a friend there in that moment who was able to kind of, literally like she slapped me in the face and like shook me and like kind of brought me back into my body but like it's not, I, it's not just about going, how do I protect myself in that moment? It's going, okay, what were the factors that caused me to feel this way? What are the factors that caused me to feel that I don't want my soul to be attached to this body anymore? And that's a huge question, right? I'm very aware of how huge that question is because I've had to go through this question myself. But that is the place to start from in terms of like, in terms of practical tools in those moments, having those boundaries up, having that energetic boundary there, having the aura, you know, having your aura set, making sure you don't have holes, and also recognizing leading up to that point, right? Like, what are the signs and symptoms of you leading up to that space where you are so energetically drained that you've got like leakages and you've got entities there? Because there will be signs and warnings. It won't just be like one day you're perfect and everything's super healthy and everything's great. And then the next moment that's happening, there will be situations and other people's energy or patterns in your life or choices that you're making in terms of your um the amount of energy you're giving or the choices you're making in your food and all sorts of things that will impact your energy going down so it's about curbing that before you get to that lower energy right like burnout doesn't happen in a moment Burnout is, is the result of like multiple choices and multiple situations and multiple energies creating that, that sense of burnout. So if you get back into your body experience and your human experience of this, what choices are you making around your physical body, around your cog cognitive you know, your, your cognitive body, your cognition um, that are, and, and also energetically in your relationships that are leading you to become so drained. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, so yeah, like yeah. that. It's a heavy duty question. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it doesn't just happen like that. It usually leads up to that. And there's a reason why, you know, there's, there's a reason why you're Got, you've gotten to that point where you are having those tears and you're having that leakage and those entities are wanting to come in it's because you're 
you're weak and, and you're not weak, like negatively, but your energy is weak, your, your energy yeah. is low, and you know, you don't really want to be here, right? I mean, I was going through that. That's what happened to me back in 2018, or, you know, part of it, or 2017, or whatever it was, right? Part of that was was happening. And it's like, and I didn't, I didn't catch it in time, right? So it's about being aware of where are your thoughts? Where are your feelings? Are you, you know, what's going on with you mentally, emotionally, right? Physically. And, you know, using the tools, working with the tools, you know, the best you can and grounding, being grounded, being present here. I mean, it's easy for us to say, you know what, you chose to be here and you chose this body. And it's easy to say, but when you're going through the, 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 the shit, we'll say, it's not really helpful, right? But after the fact, we can say that. We can say, well, you, well, you know, you, you did choose to be here, right? But during the actual trauma that you're going through, it's hard and it's hard to remember that. Right. Yeah. And so just, you know, bring more compassion to yourself, bring more love to yourself and ask yourself, what do you require? Yeah. And I say that from total, you know, love and support and compassion, because I know I've been there. Right. So yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> and I think, I think when, just to add to that, I think um, one of the most powerful things that you can do at a high level is to stand in your adult energy and to me when I describe that I mean being in a space where you are being the parent to yourself because ultimately we are a bunch of inner children energy and a bunch of energy of our present time right now and we are very vulnerable we're mm -hmm. as humans we're vulnerable and we care and we want to love and we want to be loved and when we are in those spaces where our energy is weaker, when we are, you know, thinking of giving up, when we're, when we're done, you know, those are the most tender, vulnerable spaces that we can be in. And so going, okay, I am no longer functioning as the solid adult human that I normally am. I'm actually stepping back into a really vulnerable uh, weakened space of, of my, of my energy. Mm -hmm. So wrapping your energy around that and protecting that and trying to be the parent to that energy. And it's not just because it, even if it isn't a specific inner child energy coming up, I think if I can leave you with that analogy of like being that parent around yourself and caring for yourself. So you know, little, little things making a huge difference. So little acts of self-care, little acts of physical um, care for your body, you know, even just, you know, you're sitting in that moment and all of that energy is leaking out of you. Can you snap the, the um, control that those um, entities or that energy has of you by going you know what I'm making a choice right now I'm going to go for a little walk even though it's yeah. the last thing I want to do right now I'm going to go for a walk and I'm going to clear my head and then I'm going to come home and I'm going to allow myself to feel the emotion or I'm going to allow myself to feel this anger and I'm going to get it out or I'm going to get my tears out whatever it might be and we make all of these choices along our healing journey and if we choose not to curb ourselves as we start to go down and down and down it becomes more difficult to come back up again and we get stuck in the hole and then you know we might need people to help us to get out but 
ultimately sustainable healing, right? Is not the one and done, right? We, it's not one and done either. Sustainable healing is where we keep an eye on ourselves. And if we start to notice a dip, it's like, oh, I've had a, I've had a really shit couple of days. I'm actually going to choose not to take that phone call from that person who wants my help right now. I actually really need to like make myself a cup of tea and read my book, or I need to like have a bubble bath, or I need to um, go to bed 20 minutes earlier. You know, we, we have these opportunities to make choices that significantly impact our healing and our energy every single day. And it can be as small as a two minute meditation it can be as small as a, I'm getting off the phone right now because I am drained and I am done and I'm not going to continue this conversation for 20 minutes. Like we can make those choices every day. So that's what, that's what my work comes down to is helping people to be able to make those choices. Absolutely. And, and it's about you, right? What works for you in the moment, right? And so, you know, if you're, if any of you, you know, call on your higher self, call on your guides, call on source energy to fill you up with light right? Fill you up and sustain you so that you can take the next step, do the next thing, talk to your inner child, right? And, 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 and let it know that it's okay. We're okay. And come back into your power, be strong and sovereign in your being, right? All those little things is what we can do when we have our head or about ourselves, right? But it's those things that we forget to do when stuff's happening, right? Yeah. So it's about if, when you start to do that on a regular basis every day, part of your daily routine, then it doesn't seem like extra work or extra anything it's like yep yeah, this is what i do every day i call on my higher self i call on my team i call on source light i i, I build a, a you know an orb of protection around me i call on this angel and that angel and I, I do this and i do that it's what i do it takes five seconds i'm grounded i'm connected i'm good yeah and and balancing that with the physical side right like it's not all just energy yeah. It's also important to be thinking about, you know, like, and, and as, as intuitives, as healers, as, as people who are starting to connect up into the upper realms, like the upper realms are freaking sick. They're so cool. Like, and I get why people don't want to come down from them, but actually it's really important to come down and be back present in your body and to nourish your body and look after it as well. So yeah. it's balancing that physical, that mental, that spiritual, you know, mind, body, spirit, it's, it's actually, but it's actually actioning all of those. So that's so, so, so important. Um, to like go for a walk, take a shower, you know, but consciously, you know, when you're taking the shower, see all the yucky guck leaving your field, you know, going down into, in, in, into the drain and being cleared and transmuted. Right. But yeah. that will help too. I mean, there's so many things that we can do that help our, our aura, our energy field, help us as empaths, help us as spiritual beings here having this human experience, because that's what we are, we're spiritual beings having this human experience, and sometimes this human experience can be a little challenging. <laughs> right? oh, it's challenging, it's out challenging all the time, right? Like, living is hard, living is, is coming down and having lessons, and, you know, like, I get it, like, a lot of us didn't really want to come back, we didn't really want to be here. We knew what was coming. We knew what was going to be going on and we didn't want to come back. But you're here and you're making a choice every day to be here. So be here, be present, make Absolutely. the best of the situation. Absolutely. Call on your guides and angels and team. Even if you don't know who they are, it doesn't matter. You can learn about who they are. 
by investing in Raphael's packages for sure, right? So um, I do highly recommend you get those packages because they, they're not just foundational, but they're going to help you to build that daily practice, right? So build that foundation, build that daily practice, but also then you know, start to use the tools to have greater clarity about your empathic abilities, about your intuitive abilities, about who your guides are, start that conversation, just, you know, and see where it leads you, see where it leads you. And of course, you can also still work with Raphael in a 45 minute session, that's going to be super powerful, super helpful as well. Not just, you know, coaching, but healing processes, meditations, techniques, tools that you can start to use and implement. And, you know, I have to say, we have so many tools Let's start using them. Okay, let's start using them so that they so that you can have more ease in your life, in your everyday life, including, you know, working with, you know, people who have passed on if you want to do that, working with your your guides, with your angels, your team, with spirit. You know, we can all do more and more of that. And we are so, so needed right now. Hmm. So <laughs> again, I think I forgot to mention Raphael's packages are available at alara.at forward slash show forward slash Raphael too. Um, so, wow. So Raphael, any last words of wisdom? I know we've talked so much, we've shared so much and, you know, it is so imperative that we maintain our mental, emotional, spiritual, physical health, including our aura and energy field. I mean, we, we need that so that we can have better ease with the spirits, with, you know, loved ones who have passed on, etc. cetera. Mm, mm. Absolutely. And so that you can, you know, stand in your power, be more confident. Like I, I have seen so many people do this work and then they've had the confidence to go ask for that raise in their job or stand up to their boss who is like saying things that are inappropriate to them or have a better relationship and build a, a more conscious relationship with their partner or their children. Like the, the possibilities with this are absolutely incredible because it's about ultimately connecting to who you are, taking care of yourself like in a, in a more sustainable way so that then you can be giving your energy in a more conscious way, not just like having it all sucked from you, but you actually get to choose where it goes. And I, I guess I just want to like leave, leave with the, the fact that all of this is a choice right? Like it is all a choice. Every day you choose to wake up, every day you are choosing to step into what you're stepping into and you can choose to do the intuitive work. You can choose not to, but you get the choice in it. And that's what I love to share with people. Like that's my, that's one of my main messages for people who are already on the intuitive path is you get to choose. So why not choose? Absolutely. And why not choose to be empowered? Why not choose to be sovereign? Why not choose to have a life filled with joy, peace, love, abundance, prosperity, and radiant health? I say that every day and every call, you know, <laughs> so why not choose that for yourself? Okay. You, you have that uh, opportunity here. You have that capacity. You have, you know, so much available to you. So I hope you will choose that. I hope you will continue to choose for you, do what's right for you. Right. So thank you so much, Raphael. This is wonderful, wonderful. So I'm so glad you came on the show the first time, but definitely not the last. We'll be back for sure. And thank you, everybody, for your questions. Um, and I know it's Friday, so until next time, have a great weekend. Until next time, we continue to be blessed with an abundance of joy, peace, love, happiness, prosperity, radiant health. Sending you all much love and blessings always. Bye for thank now. Thank you so much, everyone. <laughs> have a great day.
Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on here. It's been really wonderful. Good. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.